Matthew chapter 15, and then Matthew chapter 12. We did have a wonderful uh, fellowship meeting. That's where we gather together with our other churches. And uh, Reverend Keppel, our CEO, he was in town preaching for us there in Hopkinsville. Reverend uh, Hill alluded to that. Man, it was a blessing to get together with all the saints of God. And uh, we encourage you, next time there's a fellowship meeting, uh, make plans to get there. It will be a blessing to you. Matthew chapter 15. How many believe that the Bible is God's word? Words that we should not only hear, but apply and obey. Amen? Matthew chapter 15. And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand. Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, that defileth a man. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. And Jesus said, Are you also yet without understanding? Do you not, do not ye yet understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the draught? Those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceedeth evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. And then Matthew chapter 12. Verses 33 through 36. Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? And you thought Jesus was just a nice, friendly uh, individual, never... Uh, ruffled any feathers, right? He called him a bunch of snakes. Did you catch that? Lord Jesus, help me this morning. I'm not sure. Did you all stop by the coffee machine on the way in? Hopefully so. Don't go now, though. Oh, generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man, out of the good treasure of the heart, bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. I use verse 35. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. I want to preach to you this morning with the help of the Lord and your help on a message entitled, The Heart 
of the matter, the heart of the matter. Let us pray. Brother Dill, would you please pray over our message and messenger? Amen. You may be seated. Some of you know the previous pastor here, Reverend Teeman. Reverend Teeman and I, we both pastored churches on the West Coast at one time. He was in Portland, Oregon, and I was in Tacoma, Washington. And there was a conference coming. And so we talked to each other and said, hey, you've got a nice van. Why don't we, we'll just travel together across the country uh, using the van. I'll help out, split the expenses, and it'll make it a little bit more affordable to go to conference. He agreed. Sounded good. So we got into the van, and I think we were going to drop his son off in Oklahoma. I think that's what it was. So is that right? Oregon or Oklahoma, one of the two. We, we stopped by both places, Oregon first and then into Oklahoma. But as we were traveling, he drove for a while, then I drove for a while, and it got to be night, and I'm not sure where it was, Nevada, somewhere over there. Uh, he and his wife were in the back. I'm driving his nice van. And you know how it is. You're driving somebody else's vehicle. You're trying to be especially careful. At least I am. So not me, Pastor. I get in somebody else's vehicle. I'm going to wreck it, man. I'm going <laughs> to spin the tires and burn them out. And, well, I was trying to be really careful. He was in the back. Amen. <laughs> He and his wife, they could lay out, and they were getting some rest. And my wife and I were traveling in, uh, in the front, and something that I've never seen before and haven't seen since started to take place. Rabbits, an incredible amount of rabbits began to come across the road. And, I mean, little bunnies that come out and they look at you, and you're like, move out of the way. Going 70 miles an hour. I can't swerve. At first, I tried to miss them. And then after a while, Reverend Teeman in the back, whose van it was, said, brother, 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 you, you can't swerve, you know. You might swerve and overcorrect and we'd all go. You're just going to have to hit them. And so, driving down there, hit one, boom. Like, oh, man. Driving a little further, hit a second one, boom. Oh, man. And you look down, the, and you could just see eyes as far as you could see. It was just an inundated across the highway. And, and then drive a little further, a, her, a third one, boom. Fourth one, boom. Five, boom. Six, boom. Seven rabbits that night. On the way back, he was driving through that portion. He hit eight rabbits that night on the way back. I'd never seen anything quite like that. There was no way that you could avoid the rabbits. And you felt bad, but you just had to keep on going. Trying to swerve wasn't the answer. Stopping and waiting for the rabbits to get to the other side wasn't going to do it. There was one answer if I didn't want to hit any rabbits, and that was I had to take a different road. But that's not what we did. 
And I couldn't help but think about these rabbits when I was preparing this message. Because so often in our life, there is something that pops up that we're trying to deal with. Maybe you're trying to deal with, you're a young man, you say, man, I got to deal with this lust issue. Maybe you get a little older, you say, man, I got to deal with this covetous issue. I'm always thinking about money. Or maybe it's, I've got to deal with this anger issue. And they're like rabbits that stop in the middle. And sometimes we are are trying to avoid that rabbit. But as soon as we get out of one, there's another one and another one and another one. And it seems like no, as, as hard as we try, there seems to be more and more and more that come up and arise out of the depths of our heart to trouble us again. You see, the answer is not trying to deal with the individual rabbits, but the answer is to take a different road. So often, we are hacking away at the limbs of the problem instead of getting to the root of the problem. And the root of the problem is the heart of man, the Bible said, is desperately wicked. Who can know it? There needs to be a change. There needs to be a transformation. Now, so often, so many of the Christian churches today, they are trying to give us five points of good advice for a better marriage, or seven steps to a happier life, or they might tell you, do this to have your best life now, and they're hacking away at these outer perimeter issues, and they're not dealing with the fact that that it's the heart that needs to be changed, that there needs to be a full-scale repentance. You can't just wipe it up and clean it up. You can't just move a little bit of the dirt away. There's got to be a change to where we become new on the inside, and there are a bunch of Christians that come to church week after week, and maybe they're dealing with anger this week, or they're dealing with pride this week or they're dealing with something else this week but they've never come to the realization that the real issue is they need to get saved they need to get born again they need to repent they need to understand that they have sinned and that they are sinners not just goody goody two shoes or telling little white lies every now and then but everything about them is wicked and they need to be changed That's the state of affairs to every man or woman that's born into this world. We are born in sin and shaping in iniquity. And it's not just a Sunday morning service to alter a few things, to spruce up the limbs and to trim a few things off that's going to change us. We've got to be changed from the root. Which is why it's very interesting when Jesus begins to deal with this issue And the scribes and Pharisees come up. And the disciples are asking them, you know, the scribes and Pharisees are saying this and that. And Jesus said, hey, listen, leave them alone. Every plant that my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. So he was saying, they've got the wrong roots. And although God is going to allow them to stay for a while, eventually he's going to pluck them up. Fruit, limbs, leaves, roots, and all. 
And the Bible said they will be cast into the fire. They will be burned. That's why there's an urgency. That's why I don't want you to become religious. I don't want you just to nail down the alcohol thing and be done with that or just overcome the cursing thing and be done with that. It's not good enough just to discipline certain sins or bad character traits out of your life. You've got to be changed. You've got to be born again. You've got to repent and realize I need a brand new life. Now you say, wait a second, pastor. What about the man or woman that's saved? Don't we still deal with these temptations? Well, yes. Here's the difference. When I am saved, my spirit has been saved. My soul has been saved. The only thing I am not that's not saved yet is this flesh. So two out of three are saved. One day this flesh is going to be made new. It's going to be made incorruptible and immortal. But until then, I've got to deal with the the desires of the flesh. But I've got two, spirit and soul, plus the Holy Ghost helping me to overcome, overcome the desires of the flesh. So whereas there may be a rabbit that shows up on my road every now and then, I am able to avoid it. I am not inundated with herds of rabbits with no way to overcome them. Because when you are not born again, no matter how much you might avoid one rabbit, there are lots more sins that come up and you can't avoid them because everything about you is wicked. Every thought you have, it's all about you. Even your good thoughts. Man, I'm going to give, I'm going to give in the offering. And you're saying, I'm going to give in the offering because I feel good about it. It's really selfish. Think about it. Are you still with me? Did I lose you in that? I'm going to help somebody across the street. Why? Because I, I feel good doing it. I think about that sometimes. So many of our Christian worship music is all about us. And not about God. It's, it focuses on the blessings that we received or how we are bettered instead of focusing on the glory and majesty of God. When we focus on the glory and majesty of God, it doesn't take much for us to realize if you're not a Christian, if you haven't been born again, I need to be changed. Because when we lift up Jesus and we understand that he is high and holy, innocent, pure, sinless, and he calls us to a life to to walk in the newness of life like him, and we compare ourselves, we recognize none of our goodnesses uh, will match up to his perfect righteousness, uh, and then we cease trying to clean up ourselves in our own way, and we appeal to him in utter desperation, recognizing there's nothing I can do to save myself. I need your righteousness. I need you to cleanse me. I need you to change me. I need you to give me a new life. I can't do it myself. That's why there's an urgency to be in the house of God. Because in the house of God, the presence of God shines a light and a mirror to us. And we look and we say, oh God, I need to change. I need your, I need your forgiveness. I need your power. That's why there's an urgency to go soul winning. Because we understand eternity is real. We all fight with this, and that is that as we age, we tend to get comfortable in our situation, and that comfort tends to make us 
sit back and relax a little bit. And we have to be the ones to constantly remind ourselves people are dying and going to hell. God has called me to reach the lost at any cost. When I die, I'm going to go into eternity. Others are going to go into eternity. And because of that, I understand that there is an urgency for me to go forth and win them to Christ. Now, Jesus started dealing with this portion. And the scribes and Pharisees were finding fault with the disciples because before they ate, they didn't go and wash their hands. Now, listen, God is not saying Don't wash your hands before you eat. Please wash your hands before you eat. Please wash your hands before you cook anything for Thanksgiving meal. If you don't, let me know what you cook so I won't eat that. Amen. Lord, help us. Be clean. Amen. Don't let your dog and your cat lick on the turkey before you bring it to church. You heard about that lady, Brother Tuhig? You know they have the Butterball Hotline every year. And every year, if you have a problem with your turkey, you can call up the Butterball Hotline. They got people on there that answer questions about your turkey. And the lady, was an older lady, she said, um, Ma'am, I just wanted to check with you. Uh, I've had this turkey in my freezer for five years. And I just wanted to check to see if it would be all right. And then the lady said, Well, I, I'm not, I don't think I'm, it may be all right, but you probably don't want to eat that. She said, Okay, I'll just go ahead and give it to the church then. <laughs> Lord, help us. Don't bring any five-year-old turkeys, amen? (laughs) But the scribes and Pharisees were offended. And Jesus said, hey, wait a second. I want you to understand something. You are thinking in the absolute natural state of affairs. You're thinking about the dirt on your hands and eating and putting it in, and thinking that that's somehow going to defile your spirit and soul. Now, there are things that we put into us that defile our spirit and soul, but it's not because of the thing. It's because in putting it into us, we are breaking the command of God. For instance, the Bible said, No drunkard shall inherit the kingdom of heaven. So when you take that wine cooler, or you take that beer, or you take that Hennessy, or you take whatever it is, and you begin to drink it, it's not the physical liquid that's defiling your body, but it's the fact that you're breaking the command of God. And in breaking the command of God, you're defiling your spirit and soul because you're choosing to do what you wanted to do rather than what God said to do. When you light up that cigarette or start smoking that bowl or or start uh, doing that fentanyl, it's not the actual tobacco, not the actual marijuana, not the actual drug that defiles your body. It's not good for your body. It'll kill you for sure. But it's the fact that you are disobeying the command of God because God said that our body is the temple of God. Whosoever defiles the temple of God, him shall God destroy. When you join together with somebody that you're not married to, it's not just the physical interaction that defiles you. It's that you who are in Christ are spiritually joining to one who is not in Christ or you're not in Christ. And you're bringing that together. You're defiling yourself because you're, you're breaking the command of God. And in breaking the command of God, not only, really, sisters, brothers, you got to, this, this really bugs me. If you say you care about that person, why would you force them to do something that's going to cause them to sin and go to hell? 
So you're lying, number one. And then you wonder, well, why would the person believe you? Because certainly they understand. And, and the second part is because the other person wants it too. Amen. But that's it's a sin. Jesus goes so far as to say, when I, who am a Christian, commit fornication, I'm joining the body of Christ to a harlot. I'm joining Jesus to a whore. Do you see how serious this is? Fornication, adultery, pornography. Whether you're, you're showing yourself or you're viewing others showing themselves. You still with me? So he said, every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Now, when God plants something, it stays. God, the Bible speaks of the seed of God. What is that seed of God? The word of God planted in us. Uh, the life of Christ planted in us. Uh, that thing, that thing will, that, that one uh, will continue to bear fruit. So the fruit will show us what's on the inside. If you've got kindness and you've got love and you've got generosity and you've got care and you've got concern and you've got mercy, all these things, these fruit that are, and, and concern for others and soul winning and there's a desire for God and the desire for the things of God. We were talking about this. You know, when you get saved, you want God more than just on Sunday. You want God during the week. Now, I, I, like, I like the old folks' habits of doing a, a fancy family meal on Sunday. That's all right with me, amen? I mean, lay it out there, all that good stuff. Brother George, well, he's a single man over there. He's waving, amen. Come on, pastor, preach it. Maybe somebody invite me over. I want one of them home-cooked meals, amen. And that's good. But, you know, you eat that on Sunday, you're going to eat something else between then and next Sunday. I need something in between. Sunday morning service, Sunday night service, Tuesday Bible study, Thursday Bible study. So Jesus goes on to explain to them, listen, it's not the fact that your hands are dirty and you're defiling yourself when you bring something in. That's not what defiles a man. He said those things which come out of the man. What was he talking about? When you speak angry words, when you're raising your voice and you call your husband this filthy name or you call your wife or you call your child, you get angry. The Bible said when you have that anger, it's the same as hatred, the same as killing. So you look at, you tend to look at those, I'm not a sinner. That murderer, he's a sinner. I'm not a sinner. That guy that shot somebody, he's a sinner. But God says, no, if you raise those angry words and you have that spirit of hatred, it's the same spirit as murder. Just like looking on a woman is the same as the committing adultery, having hatred towards somebody is the same as killing them. The only thing that's missing is the physical act, but you've already violated the spiritual principle. Do you see? Just like the spiritual principle is violated when you drink the alcohol. Not the alcohol that is actually the sin so much as it is disobeying what God said to do about it. Do you understand? So it's not so much the... Uh, obviously, killing somebody is a sin, but you've already broken the principle when you've had the hatred in your heart to, to ha harbor that enmity against them. He said, evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, blasphemies, all these things coming out of the man. He said, that's what defiles them. We make excuses for sin. We think it's not a big deal. 
They asked a man, what did you give up for Lent? He said, ice cream, pizza, soda, and obviously not lying. <laughs> it may dawn on you later on, amen. <laughs> but, but people have soft and sugar-coated things such as lying. You tell somebody things that just are not true. Reverend Keckle was preaching about it, you know, before you got saved, sometimes you just wholesale deny that you did it trying to get out of the situation. But a lie will send you to hell. Breaking the command of God, because once again, go back to the very principle. Whenever I choose to do what I want rather than what God wants, I am elevating myself above God. I become the ultimate ruler of my life. I become the Lord of my life rather than God. So I'm, I'm committing idolatry by elevating my desires above God's desires. That's what's going to send me to hell. So if I really want to change, I've got to get to the heart of the matter. I'm not going to be much longer musicians, get to thinking about what, you pre, what you're singing. I've got to get to the heart of the matter. I can't just hack away at the limbs. I've got to dig down and say, Jesus, I need you to pull out these roots I can't let, listen to what the Bible said. He said, bitterness springing up whereby many are defiled. You get one person that gets crossed up with God. They begin flapping their gums, talking bad about everybody, talking everybody out, getting on the internet, writing whole encyclopedias about how bad everybody has been to them. They don't write all the good stuff. They write all the bad stuff. They don't write how people have helped them and picked them up and helped pay their bills and prayed for them and sacrificed and did all these things for them. They just write all the negative junk. Amen? If you believe everything you wrote, everything you read on the internet, I got a bridge I'd like to sell you. Amen? Cheap. Cheap. You got to be born again. There needs to be a deep repentance for the things that we have committed, not just a minor improvement in our current state of affairs. Because unless somebody has been wholesale changed, you're going to end up with Pharisees, Sadducees, scribes, people growing up who've learned to be religious but have never had a change in their heart. And one day when we stand before God, he'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. I don't want that. Come on, musicians. I don't want that. I want God to say, well done, good and faithful servant. I want God to say, I'm so glad you understood that you didn't have righteousness and purity in your own heart. You need to be changed because it gave me a chance to forgive you and save you. So if you're here this morning, you say, preacher, I know, I know things that need to be changed. I thought it was just a, a little renovation I needed, a little touch up here, a little cleansing over here. Well, maybe if you're really born again, you're filled with the Holy Ghost, sometimes you're dealing with this unsaved flesh, yes. But if you've never truly been saved and you've got these rabbits of sin and temptation crossing your highway and it just seems like the more you nail, the more they pop up, the answer is let's get on a different road. Turn around. Get on the, the highway to heaven instead of the highway to hell. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Jesus said, unless you're born again, you won't even see the kingdom of God. What do I need to do? He said, repent. 
Once you repent that you've been saved, you should be baptized to show the world that you've been born again. How would I do that this morning, Pastor? You come to him and say, Jesus, listen, I've sinned. The more I've tried to clean it up, the more I've smeared it all over. I need you to give me a new heart, a new mind, a new spirit. Come into my life and save me. Deal with the heart of the matter. God, I surrender all to you. You're here today and you say, preacher, this is just for me. I know God's dealing with me. I want today to be my salvation day, my, my renovation day. I want today to be the day that I can say, he gave me a new heart. I wasn't just dealing with one or two sins. I, I was dealing with a life and a heart that needed to be changed. Today I'm going to repent. Today I'm going to look to Christ to give me a new heart, a new spirit. Is that you? Would you raise your hand right now? God bless that hand and that hand. Are there others? God bless that hand and that hand. In the front I see you. On the left I see you. Are there others? In the back I see you. Father, I pray right now. Lord, you see these who have raised their hands. I ask now, God, as they come to you, that you would forgive them, you would save them. As they repent of their sins, as they ask you to come into their life and save them, give them a new beginning today. As the Christians come, you raise your hand. I want you to stand up, step out of that pew, walk down these aisles, find a place at these altars. Come on. 